0: This podcast is a proud member of the That Moment In podcast network. Check out the network at thatmomentin.com.
1: And it is now October 1st, and this is the start of our 31 days of Halloween over here at Cinema Recall, part of ThatMomentIn.com. Very excited to present these posts for you. That's right. Uh, Now, I should explain something that a lot of these episodes are going to be reposts. Of earlier episodes, Uh, we were on another podcast hosted app, which didn't work out well, so we had to get rid of that, and so now we're part of Anchor, and Anchor's been great, it's a free service, and they'll post your podcast on other platforms, it's free to use, so we're now part of that, so I'm going to be reposting older episodes, and mainly these were part of Terror Tuesdays or Thriller Thursdays, um, just me doing random horror movie reviews. So a lot of these are going to be repeats for some, but they're going to be new for other people, and I just didn't want to lose them. So you're going to hear those episodes. You're going to hear bonus reviews from just me uh, talking to you, giving you my thoughts on horror movies and sci-fi and suspense movies that I checked out. Really excited that our first episode is an audio drama of Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's right, I'm going to start off with a Bane here. I was lucky enough to be a guest on the Lair of the Unwanted podcast, uh, hosted by Jason Soto and Scott Nolan, you might have heard Scott on our cult films episode a few shows back. I uh, forget what number that was, but he was on that show. But him and Jason uh, hosted a podcast in the past. It's not around anymore, which I'm very sad about. But it's called Lair of the Unwanted, where they review bad movies. And they brought me on to be part of the cast of Plan 9 from Outer Space. I was joined by other great podcasters. And we did a script to read through, and then after the script read through, I took that file and added in sound effects and music to it, and I was really, really proud of my work on this, so I'm going to shut up right now, we're going to play a quick ad from a podcast show that I know you'll enjoy, and then we're going to start off with Plan 9 from Outer Space. So, happy Halloween everybody, I hope you all have a great rest of the week, alright? Enjoy.
2: We'll return after these announcements.
3: Good morning, fellow horror fans. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And we're the hosts of the podcast Good Morning, Nancy. That's morning with an OU. Want to listen to a horror movie podcast from the female perspective? Then check out our show. Not only do we discuss our favorite horror films and why we love them, but we also point out any representation in the film. All while drinking a nice cup of coffee. We've got episodes on Beetlejuice, The Thing, Prom Night, Saw, Frankenstein, Jaws. There's something for everyone. So go to GoodMorningNancy.com and have a listen, won't you? Remember, that's morning with an O-U. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G goodmorningnancy.com. We love you all to death. Have a great morning.
0: Goodbye.
4: Recorded in in front of a live studio audience. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimonies of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places, my friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty, let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? funeral everyone completely silent all of us on this earth know that there is a time to live and that there is a time to die yet death is always a shock to those left behind it is even more of a shock when death the proud brother comes suddenly without warning just at sundown a small group gathered in silent prayer around the newly opened grave of the beloved wife of an elderly man sundown of the day, yet also the sundown of the old man's heart. For the shadows of grief clouded his very reason. The funeral over, the saddened group left the graveside. It was when the gravediggers started their task that strange things began to take place. Inside cockpit of airplane, two pilots.
2: Fifteen to four. Yep, right on schedule. There's the old San Fernando Valley out there now.
5: You better radio in for landing instructions, Danny.
2: Right, Jeff. Burbank Tower, this is American Flight 812, over. Wouldn't surprise me if he's asleep this time of the morning.
6: American Flight 812, this is Burbank Tower. If I were asleep, you'd never get on the ground. In your case, maybe you'd be up there for good, over.
2: You got me that time, Mac. This American... Flight 812, requesting.
4: Pilots, look out the window to see a flying saucer.
6: Burbank Tower to American Flight 812, over. Burbank Tower to American Flight 812,
2: over. Holy mackerel!
6: Burbank Tower to American Flight 812, are you in trouble?
4: Enter Flight Attendant.
0: Trouble?
2: Take a look for yourself.
0: What in the
6: world?
2: That's nothing from this world.
6: Burbank Tower to American Flight 812. Are you in trouble? Are you in trouble?
2: Mayday! Mayday! Stand by, Burbank Tower. Do you suppose the passengers saw it?
0: I doubt it. Most of them are asleep. But it was quite a jolt, Jeff. I'll check.
5: Good. We'll get them ready for landing. Keep it quiet until we get instructions. Right. Okay,
2: Denny. American Flight 812 reporting the Burbank Tower, over. Shot of flying saucer.
4: Cemetery. Two gravediggers.
2: Did you hear anything?
5: I thought I did.
2: Don't lie hearing noises, especially when there ain't supposed to be any.
5: Yeah, sort of spooky-like.
2: Maybe we're getting old.
5: Whatever it is, it's gone now.
2: That's the best thing for us too.
4: Gone.
5: Yeah, let's go.
4: They begin to walk away, are greeted by Vampira who somehow manages to kill them both from 10 feet away. External shot of house, old man walks out. The grief of his wife's death became greater and greater agony. The home that they had so long shared together became a tomb, a sweet memory of her joyous living. The sky to which she had once looked was now only a covering for her dead body. The ever beautiful flowers she had planted with her own hand became nothing more than the lost roses of her cheeks. Confused by his great loss, The old man left that home, never to return again. Man walks off screen and is hit by car. Cemetery, nighttime. At the funeral of the old man, unknown to his mourners, his dead wife was watching.
0: First his wife, then he? Tragic. Tell me something. Why was his wife buried in the ground and he sealed in a crypt?
1: Something to do with family tradition. A superstition of some sort. Oh. Well, it's getting dark. We best be on our way.
4: Then, as two of his mourners left his final resting place, the woman discovers the bodies of the (laughs) gravediggers. Outside of police station, men getting into car. Back to cemetery. Minutes later, the police, led by Inspector Daniel Clay, arrived at the
2: scene. Who found him?
1: The man and girl.
2: Medical, uh... Examiner
6: been around yet?
1: Uh, he just left. The morgue waiting ought to be alone most any
2: time. You get their statement?
1: Well, as
2: much as we could, they're pretty scared. Finding a mess like this ought to make anyone frightened. Have one of the boys take the guy and the girl back to town. You take charge.
6: Okay, Inspector, what are you going to do? Look around a little. Once you get beyond those lights, you won't be able to see a hand in front of your face. I will get one of
2: the flashlights from the patrol car. You be careful, Clay. I'm a big boy now, Johnny.
4: Clay walks through Graveyard. Back to crime scene.
6: Looks like a bobcat tore through them.
1: Say, Lieutenant, did you get that funny order... How could I miss
6: it? Oh, that'll be the morgue wagon now.
4: Outside the Trent house, Paula and Jeff Trent
5: are sitting on the patio.
0: Oh, that's the fifth siren in the last hour.
5: Oh, something's happened down at the cemetery. A lot of police cars and lights. I stopped, but I didn't see anything. Oh, well, whatever it is, the morning paper will carry the whole story.
0: You seem to still be up there, somewhere.
5: Maybe I am.
0: I don't think I've ever seen you in this mood before.
5: I guess it's because I've never been in this mood before.
0: Something about your flight? Yeah. What happened, Jeff?
5: I saw a flying saucer. A
0: A saucer? You mean the kind from up there?
5: Yeah, or its counterpart. I was shaped like a huge cigar. And something saw it too. When it passed over, the whole compartment lighted up with a blinding glare. There was a tremendous wind that practically knocked us off our course.
0: Well, did you report it?
5: Yeah, radioed in immediately, and they said we'll keep it quiet until you land. Then, as soon as we landed, big army brass grabbed us and made us swear to secrecy about the whole thing. Oh, it burns me up. These things have been seen for years. They're here. It's a fact. And the public ought to know about it.
0: There must be something more you can do about it.
5: Oh, no, there isn't. Oh, but what's the point of making a fuss? Last night I saw a flying object that couldn't possibly have been from this planet. But I can't say a word. I'm muzzled by Arby Brass. I can't even admit that I saw the thing.
4: Back to Graveyard. Clay is attacked by a ghoul man and Vampira fires a few shots, and is ultimately snuffed, as we say. Back to the crime scene. Sounds like Clay's in trouble.
1: But the apparition we saw had something to do with it.
4: Come on. They run off screen and eventually find Clay. Larry checks his pulse.
6: Is he dead?
1: Yeah, he's messed up as bad as those two back there. Suppose that saucer, or whatever it was, had something to do with this?
6: Your guess is as good as mine, Larry, but one thing's sure, Inspector Clay is dead! Murdered! And somebody's responsible.
1: Well, I guess you're in charge now, Lieutenant. Yeah, I guess I am. Kelton!
3: Yes, sir?
6: Get back up to the car and get on the radio. Tell the carter he's got to make another trip out here.
3: Well, how about the lab boys?
6: Well, who do you think we left back at the car, Boy Scouts? Come on, Larry.
4: Clay's
2: Funeral. (laughs) Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for another. It is always difficult to have last words over the grave of a friend, and Inspector Daniel Clay was a friend, a dear friend to me and to all of us. The bell has rung upon his great career. Now we lay him to rest, a rest well deserved, but so premature.
4: Sequence in which UFOs fly over Hollywood and people get scared. Then we go to Washington, where Colonel... Edwards Zonell. Edwards looks through his binoculars as stock footage from World War II shows men firing large rockets that, when fired at the UFOs, seem to be no more than firecrackers. All the while, Criswell is giving one of his speeches. People turning south from the freeway were startled when they saw three flying saucers high fly over Hollywood Boulevard. A woman, startled by the sight in the sky, telephones the police. There comes a time in each man's life when he can't even believe his own eyes. Saucers seen over Hollywood. Flying saucers seen over Washington, D.C. The army convoy moved into the field. Rockets were quickly set up. Colonel Edwards! Oh Tom Edwards! In charge of saucer field activities, was to make the greatest decision of his career. He made that decision. Colonel Edwards! Edwards! Gave the signal to fire. And as swiftly as they had come, they were gone! even to the
1: piercing eye of radar and the speeding jet fighters.
3: Quite a sight, wasn't it, sir?
1: A sight I'd rather not be seeing.
3: Are you worried about them, sir?
1: Well, they must have a reason for their visits.
3: Visits? Well, that would indicate visitors. Are Big Guns the usual way of welcoming visitors?
1: We haven't always fired at them. Oh? For a time, we tried to contact them by radio, but no response. Then they attacked a town. A small town, I'll admit, but nevertheless, a town of people. People who died.
3: I never heard about
1: that, sir. Well, it was covered up by the higher echelon. Take any fire, any earthquake, any major (coughs) disaster, then wonder. Flying saucers, Captain, are still warmer. Officially.
3: Looks like we beat them off again, sir.
1: What do they want? Where are they from? Where are they going?
3: They, sir? Who? Oh, this is just a training maneuver, sir. We only did a little practice firing at the clouds.
1: Yeah, I wonder what their next move will be. What will their next move be?
4: Inside spaceship, two men, uh, two aliens, one sitting.
5: Your space commander has returned from Earth.
1: Send him in.
5: Enter Eros Antenna.
1: You have your
2: report. We had to pull in here to space station seven for regeneration. We're returning to the planet Earth immediately thereafter.
1: What progress has been made?
2: We contacted the government officials. They refuse over existence.
1: What plan will you follow now?
2: Plan 9. It's been absolutely impossible to work through these Earth creatures. Their soul is too controlled.
1: Plan 9. Ah yes. Plan 9 deals with the resurrection of the dead. Long distance electrodes shot into the pinion platoatory glands of recent dead. Have you attempted any of this plan as of yet?
2: Yes, Excellency.
1: How successful has it been?
2: We have risen two so far. We shall be just as successful on more.
1: The living? They have no suspicion of your
0: movements?
2: We had to dispose of one policeman. However, none of those risen have been seen. At least, Not by anyone who still remains alive.
1: It's too bad it must be handled this way. However it must, those who take from the grave will lead the way for other operations.
2: Yes, Excellency.
1: Continue on. Report to me in two Earth days. Just outside first room.
0: I feared His Excellency wouldn't take our report this well.
2: Well, he had been dealing with our own people. His reaction would have been completely different. He understands the difficulties of the Earth race.
0: What do you think will be the next obstacle the Earth people will put in our way?
2: Well, as long as they can think we'll have our problems. But those whom we're using cannot think. They are the dead. Brought to a simulated life by our electrode guns. You know, it's interesting think when you consider. The Earth people, who can think, are so frightened by those who cannot. The dead. Well, our ship should be regenerated. We better get started. Outside the Trent House.
5: I still think you ought to go in town and stay with your mother until I get back.
0: This is our home, and nothing's going to take me from it. Besides, most men try and keep their wives from going home to Mama.
5: That's not the point.
0: That's all the point there's going to be. Now, toddle off and fly your flying machine, darling. But if you see any more flying saucers, will you tell them to pick another house to buzz? Don't worry about me.
5: Oh, you're the only one I do worry about. Oh, forget about flying saucers. They're up there. But there's something in that cemetery, and that's too close for comfort.
0: The saucers are up there, the cemetery's out there, but I'll be locked up in there. Now, off to your wild blue yonders.
5: You promise you'll lock the doors immediately?
0: I promise. Besides, I'll be in bed before half an hour is gone, with your pillow beside me.
5: My pillow?
0: Well, I have to have something to keep me company while you're away. Sometimes in the night, when it does get a little lonely, I reach over and touch it. Then it doesn't seem so lonely anymore. (laughs) Ha,
5: crazy kid. I do love you, darling. See you Thursday.
0: (laughs) Goodbye, honey.
5: You know I'm not leaving here until you're locked
0: safely inside. (laughs) All right, darling. If, If you're especially nice, I may even lock the side door.
2: And be sure to keep the yard lights on. Cockpit. Same Mm. as before. You're mildly silent this trip, Jeff. Huh? You haven't spoken ten words since takeoff. I guess I'm preoccupied, Denny. We've got 33 passengers back there that have time to be preoccupied. Flying this flybird doesn't give you that opportunity. I guess you're right, Denny. Paula? Yeah. There's nothing wrong between you two.
5: Oh no, nothing like that. Just that I'm worried. She being there alone and those strange things flying over the house and those incidents in the graveyard the past few days.
2: It's just got me worried. Well, I haven't figured out these crazy skybirds yet, but I give you 50 to 1 odds the police have figured out that cemetery thing by now.
5: Enter Edith. I hope so.
0: If you're really that worried, Jeff, why don't you radio in and find out? Max should be on duty at the field by now. He could call Paula and relay the message to you. Hi, Edith. Hi, silence. I haven't heard a word from this end of the plane since we left the field.
2: Jeff's been giving me and himself a study in silence.
0: You boys a feudin'?
2: Oh no, Edie,
5: nothing like that.
2: Hey Edie, how about you and me balling it up in Albuquerque?
0: Albuquerque? Have you read the flight schedule boy? What about it? We land in Albuquerque at 4am, that's strictly a 9 o'clock town.
2: Well I know a friend that will help us.
0: Let's have a problem first, huh Danny?
2: Ah, uh, He's worried about Paula.
0: I read that the cemetery business, I tried to get you kids to not buy too near one of those things we get there soon enough as it is
2: he thought it'd be quiet and peaceful there
0: no doubt about that it's quiet all right like a tomb i'm sorry jeff that was a bad joke say i almost forgot what i came in here for how's the coffee situation
2: mmm that's for me that
5: sure wouldn't hurt anything edie
0: okay i'll be right back and say jeff Make that call to your wife.
2: Huh. Not only will she throw water on my Albuquerque plan, but now she's repeating herself. How about that Albuquerque ball?
0: I can't resist your children, Danny boy.
4: Then we go to a cemetery and a man walks out. It's the famous bellow footage. Residents near the cemetery paid little attention to the blast of thunder. And the flash of lightning. But from the blast arose the moving figure of the dead old man. Inside Mrs. Trent's bedroom.
0: Hello? Who? Mac? Well, hi, Mac. Sure, I'm all right. I I just fell asleep. (sighs) Tell Jeff I'm all right. Okay, Mac. Thanks for calling. Uh, Good night.
4: Sequence, during which Bella and his double enter the Trent house and chase Paula into the graveyard. (laughs) see Clay climb out of his grave and then attack Paula with Vampyra at his side. Eventually Paula finds her way out of the graveyard and must have gone through some sort of time vortex because now it's daytime. A farmer comes to her aid.
5: Oh Mrs. Trent! Mrs. Trent! What's wrong? Farmer picks her
4: up, puts her in his car, starts it up and drives away. Inside smaller Ship.
2: They'll be at the hatch in a moment. You can open it now, Tana. Turn off the electrodes quickly. They can't tell us from anyone else. Cemetery. Two Policemen. Boy, it's tough to find something when you don't know what you're looking for. I don't think the lieutenant does either. Then what are we doing here? I was
3: off duty an hour ago. Ah, don't ask me any questions. I'm just a hard hat, just like you. Different part of
4: cemetery.
1: What do you suppose that noise was?
6: Whatever it was, it's no more strange than the other things happening around this cemetery.
1: Uh, spirits like Old Farmer Calder talked about? <laughs> maybe. The only spirits he saw tonight were the ones I spilled on his breath.
6: Well, don't forget Mrs. Trent claims to have seen them too. She didn't have anything on her breath. She was hysterical. Well, true, she was frightened and in a state of shock, but don't forget that torn nightgown and the scorched scratched feet.
1: Yeah, I haven't thought of that. I guess that's why you're a detective, Lieutenant, and I'm just some dumb uniformed cop.
6: Sometimes it's only the brakes, Larry. In the meantime, let's
4: get... Kelton and Jamie come running in. Lieutenant! Lieutenant! Did you hear that?
1: How can we help it?
6: It sure was strange... Know what it was? No more than you do. If it weren't for orders, I'd get out of here right now. It was a saucer. A flying saucer? What makes you say that? You remember the noise we heard the other night?
1: We were knocked to the ground hard to ever forget.
6: Exactly, but you're not remembering that sound.
1: There you're wrong, Lieutenant. I'm with the fact that the sound is similar, but what about the blinding light?
6: Well, haven't you heard? Many a times the saucer hasn't had a
1: glow or light of any kind. for That matter. Well, that proves it. Wasn't this, Lieutenant?
3: Maybe this doesn't mean much, but uh, Jamie and me found a grave that looks like it's been busted into. What? Where?
6: Why? Uh, why? Come on, man out with it. We haven't cut all data waste. Uh, just over there, beyond the crypt. All right, show us the way.
4: Clay's grave.
6: Look, here it is, Lieutenant. Ah, uh, it's been broken into all right.
1: Ah, strange. If someone had broken in, the dirt should be piled up here somewhere. <laughs> it's looked, it looks like it's fallen into the grave. Larry,
6: you'll be out of that uniform before you know it.
1: <laughs> Do we have the right to look down there, Lieutenant?
6: Uh, technically, No? No. Well, this spot looks familiar, though. We shouldn't investigate any further without the information of next to kin.
1: Let's go get it. How? I see what you mean. The gravestones down there. Well, let's go down and find out whose grave it is.
6: How? By going down and finding out! Are you
3: sure you mean that, Lieutenant?
6: If I didn't mean it, I wouldn't have said it!
1: Scared?
3: Well, why? My... Do I always get hooked up with these spook details? Monsters? Graves? Bodies? Uh, oh, alright.
4: Enter grave.
3: Casket's here, but nobody's in it.
6: Can you read the name on the casket?
3: It's too dark. Give me a flashlight.
6: Well, how about a match?
3: Uh, we sure could try it. Let me have them. It's Inspector Clay's grave. But he ain't in it.
4: But meanwhile, in the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., inside an office, man sitting behind desk.
2: Try G2. Come in. Yes, of course, I'll keep in touch. Come in, Colonel Edwards. Close the door. At ease, Colonel Edwards. Thank you, sir. Sit down. I understand, Colonel Edwards. You've been on tap for many of our saucer attacks.
1: I've been charged of field operations, sir.
2: You believe there are such things as flying saucers, Colonel Edwards?
1: Yes, sir.
2: You've seen them. Yes, sir. You realize there's a government thir- directive stating that there is no such thing as a flying saucer? Yes, sir. Do you stand by your statement that you've seen flying saucers?
1: Well, uh, yes, sir.
2: This could mean a court-martial, admitting this against directed orders.
1: General Roberts, may I please speak freely? You may. How could I hope to hold down my command if I didn't believe in what I saw and shot at?
2: I, uh, like you, Colonel. Thank you, sir. There are flying saucers. There's no doubt they are in our skies. They've been there for some time.
1: What are we gonna do about them, sir?
2: Who knows?
1: Then, uh, they really are there?
2: I thought you were convinced of that. I am. We've had contact with them.
1: Contact? How? Radio. What? They speak our language.
2: Well, not quite. We received messages from their spaceships. For a while, it came in as just a lot of jumble noise.
1: And now, sir?
2: Well, since they first uh, tried contact with us by radio, we've developed a language computer. A machine that breaks down any language to our own.
1: General, uh, what's this all got to do with me?
2: Well, you've been in charge of saucer field activity for a long while. I think it's about time you heard these recordings. Do you mind?
1: Well, mind. I'm kind of anxious here.
2: (coughs) General Roberts plays the recording. This is Eros, a space soldier from a planet of your galaxy. I fully realize our language differences. However, I also know you finally have perfected the dictorbertary. Or has you on Earth put it, the language computer? So now you so you can now understand that which I speak. Since the beginning of your time, we've been far beyond your planet. It has taken you centuries to even grasp what we developed eons of your years ago. Do you still believe it impossible we exist? You didn't actually think you were the only inhabited planet in the universe? How can any race be so stupid? Permit me to set your mind at ease. We do not want to conquer your planet. Only save it. We could have destroyed it long ago if it had been our aim. Our principal purpose is friendly. I admit we have had to take certain means which you might refer to as criminal. But that is because of your big guns, which have destroyed some of our representatives. If you persist in denying us our landings, then we must only accept that you do not want us on friendly terms. We then have no alternative but to destroy you before you destroy us. With your ancient juvenile minds, you have developed explosives too fast for your minds to conceive what you were doing. You are on the verge of destroying the entire universe. We are part of that universe. This is our last... That's the end of that one. Atmospheric conditions in outer space often interfere with transmitting.
1: How many of these recordings do you have, General?
2: An even dozen now. This was the last one. We received it over a month ago. Do you think they beat business? We can't afford to take any chances. Come over here. You ever been to Hollywood? Oh, a couple times. That was many years ago. You're going to be going there in the morning, just a few minutes from Hollywood in the town of San Fernando. Reports have come in of saucers flying so low, the exhaust knocked people to the ground. There have even been stated claims of saucer landings. Major Carlson will replace you while you're out there. You're the best man for the job of attempting to contact them. Find them, Colonel. See what in the hell it is they want. All right, sir. These are the confidential reports, Colonel. Read them over carefully on the plane. Turn them over to the intelligence when you get to Los Angeles. They'll have further orders for your disposition. Yes, sir. Colonel Edwards?
1: Yes, sir? Good luck. Thank you, sir inside the mothership.
2: <coughs> we are ready to report, Excellency.
1: You are many days late.
2: It was unvoidable. We tried to transmit via televisor, but atmospheric conditions made transmission impossible.
1: You should have transmitted as soon as conditions permitted.
2: I thought time was of the essence suspicion has fallen upon our movements our ships have been viewed near the point of operations
1: and what has this extra time gained heroes
2: we have successfully risen three of the dead ones
1: permit me to say one
2: to tana bring in the big one use your small electrode gun
1: i have taken two ships from your command but, that will leave only my ship. It is necessary that you continue your mission alone. <sighs> I have need of your other ships elsewhere. Even though you have risen three of the Earth dead, the plan is far from successful. And you, Arrows, must prove it an operational success before more time, energy, and ships may be spent on it.
2: We will not fail. Everything is on our side.
1: Not everything. You do not have the live Earth people. You report that your ship was viewed at scene of present operations?
2: That is correct.
1: They have been viewed many times, but not at the scene of operations. Something must be done about that.
2: Tana brings in Clay, who immediately... Starts after Eros. Stop him, Tana! He's close enough! Turn off your electrode gun! No! No! Stop him, Tana!
0: I can't get it! It's jam
2: Stop him, you fool!
0: Drop the
1: gun to the floor, Tanya! The metal will break contact!
2: (sighs) That was too close. Yeah.
1: Bring the giant here, that I may get a better look at him. He's a fine specimen, are all the powerful, this powerful on planet Earth.
2: This one is an exception, Excellency.
1: What are the other two like?
2: One is a woman, the other an old man.
1: Ah, an old man you say?
2: Yes, Excellency.
1: Oh, this gives me a plan. Uh, put the big one away.
2: Pick up your electrode gun. Make sure it's in working order before point to get at him.
0: Whatever made it, Jem, must have been cleared by the fog.
2: Take him back to the ship.
1: The Old One must be sacrificed. Reland on Earth. Send the Old One to enter a dwelling. Then, cut off the electro and turn on your ship's decomposure raid. The result will astound those watching. Astound them enough to delay their attention until you have gained your other recruits from the cemetery.
2: Yes, Excellency. It will be done.
1: Report to me. When this has been accomplished, Eros, the Earth people are getting to that which we fear. Since they will not listen or respect our insistence, they cannot help but believe our powers when they see their own dead walking around again, brought about by our own advancement in such things. As soon as you have enough of the dead recruits march them on the capitals of the earth, let nothing stand in your way. Their own dead will be used to make them accept our existence and believe in that fact.
4: Outside the Trent House, car pulls up with <coughs> Lieutenant Harper, Kelton, and Colonel Edwards.
6: Mr. and Mrs. Trent, this is Colonel Edwards from Washington, D.C.
0: Good evening, Colonel.
4: Hello, Colonel.
1: Colonel would like to ask you a few questions.
5: Questions? What about, Colonel?
1: May I, uh, sit down?
0: Oh, I'm sorry, please do.
1: I want to ask you about your strange experience the other night, when you saw the flying saucer.
0: After that police brought me home, I I hope I never see such a sight again.
1: Well, after your description, I don't think I want to see it either. One thing more, after you were forced to the ground by the blast of wind, was it a hot or a cold blast.
5: It's kind of hard to explain. It wasn't hot, wasn't cold. It was just a terrific force. We, we couldn't get off the ground.
0: The light blinded me so badly. I, I couldn't see a thing. We could only feel the pressure of the wind until it was gone. When the glare left us, we could see a glowing ball disappearing off in the distance. Which way? Would you toward the cemetery? <laughs>
1: Well, this is the most fantastic story I've ever heard.
5: And every word of it is true, too.
1: That's the fantastic part about it.
6: We find a lot of suspicious things out in that cemetery. Then again, didn't find out anything to base a factor of suspicion <laughs> on. Hey, you hear anything? You see anything out there, Kelton?
3: Too dark, Lieutenant. But something started stinking awful bad.
4: There's something out there. Old man walks out. They shoot at it, the ship turns on its decomposure ray, and the ghoul is reduced to a pile of bones.
1: What do you make of that?
6: You got me! Didn't look that way a minute ago. Oh, in the excitement, I forgot all about Kelton. Well, he'll be alright in a few minutes.
3: Did you see that thing? Did you get it? We got it. What
6: was it? It didn't fall. I fired every bullet I had. So did I. I don't know what it was or what happened, but unless that bag of bones can reassemble itself, it's out of the running now.
4: Back at the cemetery.
6: Colonel, I've been out here so often you'd think I'd taken a lease on this place.
1: (laughs) Not a long lease, I hope.
6: I see what you mean. But you know, I can't help but feel the answers out here
1: somewhere. Is, uh, the girl safe? Mrs. Trent, you'd better stay with the car.
0: Stay here alone. Not on your life
6: modern women.
1: <laughs> yeah, they've been that way all down through the ages. Especially in a spot like this.
6: Captain. Yes, sir? Stay with Mrs. Trent. All right, Lieutenant.
5: Now you stay close to the officer, honey.
0: i feel safer with you.
5: Now the Lieutenant knows
0: best. Oh, I don't like it, but I guess there's not much I can do about it.
5: You have a gun? No. Know how to use one? After four years in the Marine Corps? Here. You think we'll need these? You can never tell. Let's get going. What do you expect to find out here? Well,
6: there's only one answer to that, Mr. Trent. We'll know when we find it. Inspector Clay's grave is right over here.
1: Is that the one you told me was broken into? Yes. This it? Yep. Looks to me like someone had broken out of instead of in.
6: I figured that, but that's impossible. I wonder. Look, Colonel, some things just can't
1: happen. Yeah, well, after the operation that was jammed across Mrs. Trent, Mr. Trent's patio, I would say we should keep our minds open to anything.
6: Look, Colonel, I'm a policeman.
1: I've got to deal with facts.
6: But I guess I'll have to go along with you. You know, I got my my badge right now. We haven't seen the last of these weirdies.
2: Spaceship! They'll discover our ship soon.
0: You're going to let them find us?
2: It's the only way. These are the same men who have been so close so often. They must be halted before they can inform others about us.
0: But there were others in the car.
2: They'll be taken, too. Send the big one to get the girl and the policeman. I'll turn on the Dick Chorbitary so we may converse with them.
5: Clay's grave. You know, maybe we're barking up the wrong tree. One thing a policeman <sighs> look.
1: Mr. Trent is patience. Where the burn spot you mentioned?
4: Right over the...
6: look! do <laughs> investigate, but move
4: carefully. Back at the car, Kelton is attacked by Clay. Ah! Uh, ah! Uh. Clay walks over to the car. <laughs> Spaceship. Looking out the window,
2: a moment or two more, and you will be the first live Earth people ever to enter a celestial ship.
1: Outside the ship. Wow,
6: boy, how could anything that big hide for so long a time?
1: (laughs) never heard metal sound like that before, huh? What do you see?
6: Only my reflection, must be some kind of one-way glass.
1: I wonder, how do you
5: get into this thing? I'm not sure I want to find out.
2: Ship. They're just outside. You can open the outer hatch now.
5: Outside. Look out! You going in that thing? That's what we're here for. I don't know. The way these things speed around, we might as well get in there and poof, off it goes. Uh,
1: that's the chance we take.
5: Well, I took a chance on those
6: earlier airplanes. Might just as well see what the inside of one of these looks like. Got your guns
5: ready? I tell you one thing. If a little green man jumps out at me, I'm shooting first and asking questions later.
0: Ship sure. They're in the outer chamber now. Eros, do we have to kill them? Yes. It seems such a waste.
2: Well, wouldn't it be better to kill a few now than, with their meddling, permit them to destroy the entire universe?
0: You're always right, Eros.
2: Of course. But those are not my words. Those are the words of the ruler.
4: The three men enter the room.
2: Guns ready.
6: Now you two stay right where you're at.
2: We will do as you command, for the moment.
6: No for the moment about it. You just do as I tell you.
2: You do not need guns. They would be of no use to you now.
6: They've been mighty useful before, flesh and blood. You two look like you've got a
5: lot of bones.
2: True. They would be effective upon us. If you were to have the opportunity to use them.
5: Mr... Mister- if you don't get away from that control board, I'll show you just how effective they can be.
2: Shall we talk now? Or wait? Your friends will be here shortly. What friends? Those you left at the vehicle. If you've
5: done anything to Paula...
2: Take it easy, Mr. Trent. Oh, I assure you, no harm has come to her. Would you like to see? Jeff shoots the control board. <laughs>
5: Next time you try that, I won't aim at the board.
2: You're a headstrong young man. I was only going to turn on the televisor so you could see her movements.
5: Go
6: ahead, my friend, but move very carefully.
2: She's only fainted.
5: You fiend!
2: I... a fiend? I am a soldier of our planet! I... a fiend? We did not come here as enemies, we came only with friendly intentions to talk, to ask your aid. Our aid? Yes, your aid for the whole universe, but your governments of Earth refused even to accept our existence. Even though you've seen us, heard our messages, you still refuse to accept us.
1: Why is it so important that you want to contact the governments of our Earth?
2: Because of death. Because all of you of Earth are idiots.
5: Now you just
2: hold on, Buster! No, you hold on. First was your firecracker, a harmless explosive. Then your hand grenade. They began to kill your own people, a few at a time. Then the bomb. Then a larger bomb. Many people are killed at one time. Then your scientists stumbled upon the atom bomb. Split the atom. Then the hydrogen bomb, where you actually explode the air itself. Now you brings the destruction of the entire universe served by our sun. The only explosion left is the solar night.
1: Why, think there's no such thing.
2: Perhaps to you but we've known it for centuries. Your scientists will stumble upon it as they have all the others, but the juvenile mind you possess will not comprehend its strength until it's too late.
1: You're way above our heads.
2: The solarite is a way to explode the actual particles of sunlight. Why, that's impossible! Even now, Your scientists are working on a way to harness the sun's rays. The rays of sunlight are minute particles. Is it so far from your imagination that they cannot do as I have suggested?
1: Why a particle of sunlight can't even be seen or measured?
2: Can you see or measure an atom? Yet you can explode one. A ray of sunlight is made of many atoms.
5: So what if we do develop this solar night bomb? We'd be an even stronger nation than now.
2: Stronger? You see? You see? Your stupid mind! Stupid! Stupid!
5: That's all I'm taking from you,
2: bucko! Jeff leaps at Eros.
5: Get back here, you jerk! Let him finish!
2: It's because of men like you that all must be destroyed. Headstrong! Violent! No use of the mind God gave you. You talk
5: of God.
2: You also think it's impossible that we too might think of God? You, who wear the uniform of your country. You see, I wear the uniform of my country. Yes, we've had to use drastic means to get to you. But you left us no alternative. When you have the solar night, you have nothing. Nor does the universe.
1: You speak of Stolen Aronite, but
2: just, what is it? Take a can of gasoline. Say this can of gasoline is the sun. Now you spread a thin, a line of it to a ball, representing the Earth. Now, the gasoline represents the sunlight, the sun particles. Here, we saturate the ball with the gasoline, the sunlight. Then we put a flame to the ball. The flame will speedily travel around the earth, back along the line of gasoline to can, or the sun itself. It will explode this source and spread to every place that gasoline or sunlight touches. Explode the sunlight here, gentlemen, and you explode the universe. Explode the sunlight here, and a chain reaction will occur direct to the sun itself. And to all the planets that sunlight touches. To every planet in the universe. This is why you must be stopped. This is why any means must be used to stop you. In a friendly manner, or as it seems, you want it. He's mad.
0: Mad? Is it mad that you destroy other people to save yourselves? You have done this. Is it mad that one country must destroy another to save themselves? You have also done this. How, then, is it mad that one planet must destroy another that threatens the very existence?
2: That's enough. In my land, women are for advancing the race, not for fighting man's battles. Life is not so expansive on my planet. We don't cling to it like you do. Our entire aim is for the development of our planet. Back
4: at the car, Kelton now inside it. Larry pulls up beside him. What
1: happened to you?
4: How come
3: you're all alone? I asked for lots of help.
1: You a drunk or, or something on the radio.
3: If I didn't see it with my own eyes, I would have never believed it. Believe what? It was horrible, and he almost broke my shoulder.
1: Look, what are you trying to say? If we don't make sense, we'll never get to the bottom of this. Now, who sludged you?
3: Inspector Clay? What? It was Clay, all right. Only not like we remembered him. Well, his grave was busted into, wasn't it?
1: Next time, you're going to tell me you saw skeletons. (laughs) We did! Earlier? (laughs) Now I know you're off your archer now. All
3: of us saw. The Lieutenant... The Colonel Edwards? Everybody.
1: Where's Lieutenant now?
3: We've gotta find them. Mrs. Trent is gone. I was left here to guard her. Then Clay showed up and put me out of the running. And the second time tonight. And I'm getting
4: darn tired of it.
1: Which way were they going? Oh, that way? Oh, well, come on.
4: Back in the ship. eros looking out the
2: window, still going on. Then one day, it could all be gone In one big puff of smoke and ball of fire All of that out there The stars, the planets All just an empty void
6: You two had better come along with us
2: Come with you? Where?
6: The police station
5: <laughs>
2: So it seems you think you have the upper hand Look out there
5: Yeah. Reveals Clay
4: holding Paula.
2: She is unharmed, but he would kill her in seconds if I still chose. Larry and Kelton approach the ship.
1: Holy cow! Look there! It's Clay, all right. There's no mistake in that.
3: And he's got Mrs. Trent.
1: Get your gun ready.
3: From all I've seen tonight, guns won't do any good. Clay is dead, and we buried him. How are we going to kill somebody that's already dead? Dead? And yet, there he stands. The other one earlier, I emptied a full clip into him.
1: You know what? I'm seeing it. And that's the only reason I'm listening to you. Look, I've got an idea. Hurts him or not, we've got to try something. I'm going to sneak up behind him and whoop him over the head. That ought to make him move. Follow me? Even when Clay was alive, he couldn't run fast enough to catch me. So, when he does, you grab Mrs. Trent and run late, Lightning, in the opposite direction.
3: Oh, you think
4: it will work?
1: No way anything else to try?
4: They do so. Clay falls and drops Paula. She comes, too.
0: No, oh, uh, I'll be all right. Just take care of the others. Ship!
2: Your men have felled the big one. This could only happen because the Electroid Ray is off. He'll walk again when I turn it on.
6: Hold it right there! Fight breaks out! Outside.
1: Suppose the lieutenant and others are in that thing?
3: Well, suppose there are Martians or something in there. Ship!
4: Fight still going on.
6: Come on, let's go!
4: Outside.
1: Open up in there! Open up!
6: Get that door open! Colonel, I wouldn't know one switch from another!
0: Hold on, arrows. I'll have the ship in the air in a minute.
4: Colonel Edwards eventually opens the door.
0: Get out of here, Jeff! The ship's on fire!
4: The men run out of the ship.
0: Arrows! Eros, everything's on fire. Hurry! Wake up, Eros! 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 Wake up! Wake up! Eros! Eros! Wake up! Eros! God, wake up!
4: Outside.
1: Oh, I wonder if that's the last we'll see of them. Perhaps. But sooner or later, there'll be others.
0: Look! Have they caught that woman? That thing yet?
1: Hey, that's right.
6: There's another ghoul running loose.
1: And it's my guess that you'll look like him. With the ship and the ray gun gone, they have no control. We got to hand it to them, though. They're far ahead from us. Ship!
0: Fire! Arrows! Yeah!
4: Ship blows (laughs) off. Back to Criswell. My friend, you have seen this incident based on sworn testimony. Can you prove that it didn't happen? Perhaps on your way home, you will pass someone in the dark, and you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the airplane, the telephone, the electric light, vitamins, radio, and even television. And now, some of us laughed at outer space. God help us. In the
1: future! You have been listening to the Lair of the Unwanted presentation of Plan 9 from Outer Space by Edward Dewey Jr. Your cast members were Steve Honeywell as Criswell Scott Nolan played Jeff Digger Number 2 and Messenger Rachel Thoreau played Paula Tana, Edith, and Woman Mourner Jason Soto played Clay Danny, Eros, General Roberts Reverend Lynn Lemon and Jamie. Bubba Wheat played Kelton and Army Die. Uh, Daniel Lackey played Lieutenant Harper. And I am the Vern, and I played Ruler. Edwards, Larry, Manmourner, and was the editor of this particular show. But thanks for listening. The audio drama you just listened to contains musical tracks as followed. A Nate and Bald Mountain by Modesty Majurski, uh, People Who Died from the Jim Carroll Band, Hummin' by Porter said, and The Theme to Peter and the Wolf by Tychowski. Uh, again, the long tracks were used for strictly entertainment purposes only, and that is all, so don't sue. Thank you.